It's a really good summer with these kids. Um, and some of you, a lot of you actually played a huge part, impact in being able to send kids to camp through scholarships, uh, through support, um, and, and things like that. And just forcing your kids to go, because there was a lot of kids that didn't want to go that went, had a great time. Um, and so we thank you for the opportunity to be able to do that. We're going to kind of like, uh, you know, Chris decided to go out of town, and they're like, oh, senior send-off, you can preach that one day a year. So I'm going to start planning more events, and that way I can preach more. No. Um, but I am going to, uh, my name is Jason Pennington. I'm the youth pastor here at 24 Church. Um, just like Megan said at the beginning, there are connect cards in front of you. You can, like, take a picture of the QR code or physically fill it out. Whatever it might be, we'd love to connect with you, know you're here, you've got things going on, we'd like to know about them, uh, and whatnot. Um, got something for you, brought a little gift, all right, disclaimer, okay, this is a disclaimer, it's live streamed, so they hear it, and they know it, all right, we're going to do it like we do on a Sunday, on like a Wednesday night at times, we've got a gift in here, and we want to give it to you, so pay attention to me. Therefore, you don't get hit in the head, right? If you have a child that doesn't have good motor, motor skills, like just cover their face, and then we'll be good, but we have stuff. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's candy time for everybody. Candy. We have all kinds. That way. Look, we have more and more. We're just sowing seeds. There you go. Here it is. We got more. I've got more for a second service. Going to the back, everybody duck. <laughs> All right. <sighs> I told my wife, I was like, hey, I need candy. And she was like, why do you need candy? I was like, I'm going to throw it at people at service. She said, I don't know that that's a great idea. <laughs> then I talked to Ben this morning. I was like, hey, Ben, I'm going to throw candy at people. He was like, well, make sure you just give a good disclaimer beforehand. <laughs> um, so there's, there's the disclaimer. Enjoy the Tootsie Rolls, Starlight Mints, and chewing gum, or bubble gum, bubblelicious, or whatever that is, good stuff. I literally pulled the wrapper off the bucket this morning, and it was like, and I was like, oh, it's fresh, fresh. Now, we don't know what air was in there, so of how fresh it is, let me know when you're chewing it, how good it is. We're going to hear, like, pops all during service. Um, so, today, we're going to celebrate... Uh, and send off some of these kids, some of them which you saw on the video, to send off some of our kids to the next phase of their life, whether they're going to college, they're going into the workforce, or whatever it might be. That's what we want to do. We want to celebrate them, but we also want to talk about how did we get to that point? How did we get to where we are? I'm not going to lie. I may get up in my feelings, because it's been whew, a little, uh, it's, it's been a heck of a week as we all know. Um, but then also just like the flood of memories of going back and thinking, like, how do we get here? Um, man, this is not good because I'm already there. <laughs> Glad I've did a lot of good bullet points here so I don't lose my track here. But simply put, how we got to where we are today is to a word, one word, investment, right? In the church world, we'd say discipleship. But ultimately, what we've done is we've invested into children, we've invested into leaders, we've invested into people. We, us, the body, have invested to get to the point that we are today. So invest, easily defined, is to involve 
or engage, especially, especially emotionally. To involve or engage, but especially emotionally, meaning like we develop heart connections with people. Um, we, whoo, this is going to get me, especially this week. Um, the tragedy that struck this town, the school, uh, losing Tasha Biggs, you know, this, this week, last Sunday. Um, I think as I, as I scrolled through Facebook a lot this week, and probably some of you are in the same, same situation, like you'd scroll through Facebook and you would see pictures and memories of Tasha. I've known Tasha for over 20 years. And the Tasha last Saturday was the, the Tasha that I've known for 20 years. Smiling, like we saw all these pictures of her smiling, hugging kids, caring for people. We saw people writing things about her, talking about how she'd impacted their lives, impacted their kids' lives, and things like that. Because she had a, a heart connection. She was invested, especially emotionally. She was emotionally invested into a lot of kids' lives and a lot of people's lives in our community. And so, that's where we're landing today, is this idea of investment. We're going to talk about investment. We're going to, um, I hope that it's an encouragement, but I hope it's a challenge, right? Because we could all do better at investing, whether it be our kids, whether it be into our kids, into our marriages, into all, anything that we want to name, we as followers of Jesus could do a lot better job at investing. So, I hope it's encouraging that you do come out and you're like, okay, this is where we've been. And we're seeing fruit, but also where do we need to go? Um, so this month marks my, the beginning of my 15th year here as the youth pastor, which is crazy because I don't feel 38. I started at 23. My frontal lobe had not developed much at that point. <laughs> I don't know what Chris Royalty was thinking. Maybe they were in a pinch, right? And they were just like, this guy. Um, but here it is 15 years later, my body definitely feels a lot, a lot older. Like the blob this year, they were like, you're going to blob? I was like, man, I do not want to jump off that thing. You know, because the, I was like, oh, I know it's just going to hurt my back or something like that. I'm that guy now. I'm, I am the old person. Um, but this may sound a little bit kind of like a Grammy speech, Right. But hang with me, it's kind of more like the State of the Union. We're going to talk about where we're at, all right? Um, I'm thankful because over the past 15, 14 years that I've got to see a lot of kids come through this church from, like, birth all the way up. You know, it, it, it was funny talking, you know, some of these, these kids that we're going to celebrate today, like, I held them as kids. I didn't hold them very long because I don't really like little kids. <laughs> little kids. I like, I like them like sixth grade and up. <laughs> or if their last name's Pennington. I have to. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I've held some of these kids. Like, I've watched them grow up. I've watched them be little kids in kids' church, come all the way through the youth group, and graduate. And... There's been a lot of memories, and like I'm saying, it's like this week, it was just kind of this, this flood of memories and times that we were at camp or 
at a lock-in or at a conference or on a Wednesday night or whatever it might be, kids getting saved, kids having fun, kids surrendering to ministry, kids losing their passport in Haiti, like all kinds of things, right? <laughs> That's a real good one. Um, but all these memories kind of started to, to just kind of flood in. And I wanted to share a few things uh, of where we've been and got us to where we're at now and, and, and thank some of those that, that were along that path. Um, as we all know, that investments take time, whether it's money investments, unless you're an inside trader. No, but, you know, money investments, child, your child investments, the, the, the work that you do in your, your job, it takes time and it takes lots of patience to get through, to get to where you start to reap the benefits of that investment. And so here's where we've been. There's been guys and gals like Jason Turner, Andrew and Whitney Fudge, Shirley DeMoss, Jesse Jewett, Colin and Elena Chapman, Danielle Crick, Lisa McNeese, John and Lindsay Mahalan, Andrew and Lisa Raby, Brad and Jessica Hudson, Chad and Tara Smith, Rich Dungan, Misty Keenan, Stephen Carr, Beth Carr, Eli and Lauren West, Travis and Marley Uncafer, Trisha and my wife Jessie, because God, we cannot forget about them, Woo! because this would be in a bad place if they were not involved in my life, um, and it would be a wreck without the two of them. These people, over the last 14 years, have got us to the point that we're at today. You know, I, over and over, I, I've been saying, you know, there are times where you want to, like, just walk away. Like, things get real tough. We all know this. We know this in marriage. We know this in our jobs. <laughs> we know this with preteens. <laughs> like, we just want to walk away at times. Because it gets tough. Adversity comes in. Situations come in. We just want to throw our hands up and walk away. And there's been many, many times, not many, many times, but there's been many times that, like, in ministry, have been like, man, I'm done. Like, I'm, I, like I, can, I need to go do something else. You know, and, it, and it's over and over. It's always in those moments. It's like God allows something to happen. Oh, okay, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. There's a purpose. I'm here because I'm supposed to be here, right? Because God's put me here, and it's all of a sudden, like, smacks me upside the head. No, no, you need to keep doing this. You need to keep doing this. Um, You know, and, it, and it's in those moments, having those people involved in my life and involved in this ministry has gotten us to where we're at. Um, these are the people who have way more than invested their lives, their time, their money, their pools, the headaches, mainly dealing with my unorganization, to invest in the lives of students like having to backwash their pool like five times because you can't see to the bottom of it after all these kids have been in it. And then there's like a hot dog in the skimmer, and, you know, and stuff like that. And so, you know, there's all these people, and, and even like, you know, that's, it's funny. But it's true. Like those people had a huge impact on these kids now. And so I, I've told people, I said, man, in 15, 14 years of this, this may be one of the sweetest seasons of ministry that we've ever been into because a lot of it, thanks to you, 
thanks to those people because they've invested their lives into it. And we have a bunch of kids that have grown up in the church and have grown up together. They're like the camaraderie amongst our students is, has been second to none. And like at times you just kind of sit there and you're like, is this real or is this like some soap opera that doesn't have drama in it. Like, there's no drama. Like, they, they just get along with each other, and they love each other genuinely, and they pray for each other. And it's so reassuring because it solidifies the call of every one of those people who have been involved in each of those students' lives over the years. So that's where we were at. Here's where we are now. To see the proof of what God has done when we pour our lives into others. The proof to where we pour our lives into others. This is where it's going to get me. We see a little bit of the proof in the, in the video, obviously. Like kids coming to know Christ for the first time in their life. Like growing up in church, but then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit saying, you know me, but you don't really know me. And opening their eyes and then giving their lives to the Lord. Here's where we see the proof. We see people, like, I'm going to use, some of them are already married, but I'm going to use their old names. Brittany McGavin, teacher. Mabry McNeese, pastor's wife. Naomi Parker, Walmart executive and small group leader. Morgan Chance, businesswoman. Dylan Ruffin, electrician. Leanne Yule, missionary to the Middle East. Jack Yule, engineer. Fisher Bailey, teacher, FCA leader, coach. Amber Bailey, nurse, holder of babies, holder of your babies in the nursery. The first kid to hold my baby in the youth group. And she's also good at holding goats, too. There's an inside story to that, wherever you're at, Amber. Remember that? Raise your hand, Amber. Oh, there you are. Remember that? Had to chase the goats and catch them. Yep. Hunter Collingsworth, soldier, small group leader, security. Austin Chris, small group leader. Bryson Lee, soon-to-be engineer, wonderful small group leader, antagonizer of pranks. Braden Suter, soon-to-be nurse, compassionate, amazing camp counselor, total goofball. Lexi Taylor, small group leader, camp counselor, willing to do whatever you need her to do. You see, these are the kids over the last 14 years, just some, just some. The list continues, and it goes on and on and on. But these are the kids that have came through the youth group and their lives have forever been impacted. What they do now is a direct result into the people who have invested into their lives. People like you. People like Jason Turner, Lisa McNeese. The stories are endless, but the impact will go on for generations and generations. And see, and ultimately, the hope is that when we invest, that the, 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 the things that we reap out of it is, is seeing 
where that person's landed or seeing the, the return that we've invested and some. And we ultimately, as a, as a believer and a follower of Jesus, and we invest or we disciple, is that we're trying to get them to do the same things that they had been, things that had been done for them. That they begin to serve others because they had been served when they were younger or now. We see the Great Commission in its entirety over these last 15 years. Going to all the kids, all nations, baptizing them, teaching them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then encouraging them and building them up to say, you know what, God's got your back. You can do it. Investing is what we were created to do, right? God created us to invest in other people. That's why God created multiple people, right? So that they would invest in one another and that the investment would continue on. And we see that, like and we say a lot of times, is that we want to create disciples who make disciples. We want to create disciples who make disciples. We want to tell people about Jesus so that they can tell others about Jesus. We want to teach kids how to live like Jesus so that they can teach kids. They can show their peers or their family what it looks like to live like Jesus. It's what we were created to do. So here's where we're going. This is our hope. This is where we're going. The Anna Kate Sailors, the Violet Royalties, the Mia Rochelles, the Zayden Parkers, the Hollis Hudgens, the Ethan Singers, and everybody in between. Again, that list continues to go on and on and on. And that's where we're going. That's the next. That's the next group of kids that we, we hope to disciple and lead and show Jesus so that they go to the next group of kids and they're holding babies and they're teachers and they're coaches, they're engineers and they're electricians. That's the goal is to create everyday people who love Jesus and who show the world what it looks like to live for Jesus. But there's 50, 60 more of those names on a Wednesday night we, as a church, are making eternal investments into these kids' lives to make a difference in the world. And we want people to come off that interstate, to live in this community, and say it's unlike any place that we've ever lived before because there are so many people that love one another and invest into one another. We want to make a difference in our community. We've always, like, since the, the inception of this church, 18, 19, however many years ago. It was always said that this church should never exist if it quits making an impact in this community. The litmus test to it is, is that if we were to remove this church from this community, that there would be a void. That there would be people who miss it because we want to constantly be going out and reaching people for Jesus whether that's through big food trucks, whether that's through Sunday morning kids, Wednesday, Wednesday night students, whether that's through uh, the food on Wednesday night, whether that's through Doc's Bible study, small group, or uh, 
uh, micro churches or whatever it might be. That's what we want to be constantly doing. And we want to be teaching our kids those same patterns. Hey, this is what you do. This is what it looks like to be a believer. This is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And whatever you do, whether you're in construction, whether you're a teacher, a nurse, a business person, whatever it might be, we're trying to teach our kids this is what it looks like. Here's the big question. But what does that look like for me? What does that look like for me? How do I invest? Right? Like, you know, some of us are not as outgoing and talkative. Right? Some of us are, are, are not as personable. I mean, it's just a quality of maybe who we are. But how do I invest? And it's a great question. But, you know, when we have questions like that, the best thing to do is to turn to the places that we know that there's an answer, and that's Scripture. And so if you have a Bible, I hope you do. If you don't, you have a phone. I meant to say get the Bibles at the beginning of service. I forgot. So if you don't have a Bible, if you just put your hand up, the ushers will hand out the Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, keep it. Take it, consider it a gift. Here's another thing. Take this Bible, and you have a pen or pencil, whatever it might be, write in it. It's okay, right? You should write in your Bible. You should underline verses, write questions, whatever it might be. There's your disclaimer. You can write in your Bible. It's okay. Yes, it's holy, but it needs to be written in. So here we are with the question, how do I invest? Matthew 13, 1 through 9, straight from the red letters. And as you know, the red letters are straight from the words of Jesus, right? Who better person to listen to? And so it starts like this. It's actually Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start at verse 3. And it says, and he, Jesus, and he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell along the rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, and since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. And other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. We've all probably heard this. If we have spent any time in church, we've heard this parable, this story that Jesus is telling. Right? He's trying to make an example. He's trying to, like, tell a story in an everyday language so that people could understand. See, if we were to read this and give a real quick brief synopsis, even me, because I can remember the moment that I, I read it and then I had somebody say, think about it this way, that it changed. If we were to give this brief synopsis of the passage, we would probably talk about the main theme in this is the different soils, the path, the rocky soil, where the thorns grew, and the good soil. That's what we would think about. And that we would get this idea that, like, when we plant seeds in good soil, they're going to grow. Yes, right? And that when we plant seeds on rocky soil, 
They may grow, but they're not going to be able to sustain. And I can't say that you're wrong. Like, we're talking about the soil, we're talking about the seed. But if you read the passage, if you read it, I don't know if in your Bible, but it has a little subheading. And it's called the parable of the sower. Right? We're talking about the person. We're not talking about the soil, but we're talking about the person who's throwing the seed. And when we begin to recognize the object is the sower, we begin to see how we're supposed to invest. You see, as we go into this world, see, like on the Great Commission, when it says, go, therefore, we can read that, and it also reads as you're going. Another way that we read that is as you're going. So like as you're doing life, right? As you're doing life, sow seeds. Sow seeds. Sow them everywhere. Sow them on the hard path. Sow them in the rocky soil. Sow them in the thorns. Sow them in the good soil. Sow seeds. So as we're going, the action is, is that we are constantly pouring ourselves out to people. And that doesn't mean, track with me, that doesn't mean that we're like constantly like hitting people in the head with the Bible. Like you got your grade pole guy, like you're digging a ditch and you're like, for the love of God, come to Jesus and go up two tenths, right? Like we're not doing that, right? But it, it means that the way we act towards people and the way we interact with people and then the way we react in situations are ways that we sow seeds in this world, right? <laughs> the way we react when they put three creams in our coffee instead of four, right? The way we react in the situation when our kid does something stupid and we have to like show them grace. Like we're sowing seeds in those moments, right? Not all those seeds are going to stick. But in our life, we're constantly sowing those seeds so that people are seeing the way that we act, interact, and react with people. We've got to go into this world and not just sow those seeds into the little compartments where we feel most comfortable. You see, sometimes as a parent, it's really easy to like invest into your kids because it's kind of your legacy. Like those, they're going to go on into this world and like your namesake's going to continue through them. And so it's easy. But a lot of times like we compartmentalize. Like I'm going to invest in my kids. That's good. Do that. There's a lot of other compartments out there. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 10, it says this. This, is, this point is this, or the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that all, sufficient, all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he who is distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Right? Like sowing seeds into people's lives and creating generational come or generational change over and over. And then in verse 10, it says this: He who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Paul says it here, is that we are to seed, we are to sow seed abundantly. And everything that we do, and here's the thing, people, it takes intentionality, and I suck at it sometimes, just to be honest. Right? Like, it's really easy to just kind of go through the flow in life and just go through your routine. But some of the things, the challenge, one of the challenges for you today is that you pray, and that in those prayers you say pray, you pray things like, God, help me to be more aware of people around me. God, help me to be more aware of feelings. That's me. Pray that. I don't like feelings at all. But we've got to pray those things so that, that the Holy Spirit is allowed to use, be, use us where we're existing, where God's put us in our jobs, in our small groups, whatever it might be. And so this whole plug today has not been a plug for you to get involved in the youth group. I'll take you if you want to come. I will gladly throw you to some teenagers. But what I'm saying is get involved with the people that you already interact with on a daily basis. Figure out ways. Pray that God will help you to figure out ways that you can pour into the lives of other people. I mean, it could be as easy as giving people your extra tomatoes, right? I mean, it could be as grand as going to someone's house and praying for them. But I mean, even the smallest little gestures, we can make much of Jesus in, in our lives. Our mission field is wherever our two feet are. And you and I are exactly where we're supposed to be for a purpose. We need to take advantage of we need to look, be aware of what's around us and who's around us. You don't have to be a scholar to be able to show people Jesus, right? You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be so well-versed. You don't have to have Scripture memorized in order to show, show people Jesus. You know, we see it again and again. Jesus say, hey, greatest commandment is love God with everything that you have. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Every one of us are intelligent enough and under, can understand that enough to be able to show other people Jesus. Simple. 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Max, I'm glad you're here today. Because over and over I've heard Max say, I think this is your life mission. It says, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. We need more people out there in the world showing people Jesus. Just loving them. Just being kind to them. The way we act, interact, and react is how we show the world Jesus. It's how we invest into the next generation. And what I hope and I strive for is more moments like you saw in the video where we have students that have grown up in this church cross over from death to life.
Let's pray. God, we pray more than anything, God, that you would use us for your kingdom. God, we pray that the Holy Spirit might empower us. God, we pray things like, God, we pray that people come to know you because they know us. God, we pray as a church, as a body of believers, God, that you would use us for your kingdom, for this community. God, that this community might come to know you. Use us. God, we also pray for those who might not know you. God, we pray that you would stir their hearts. God, we pray that you would put questions into their minds. God, we also pray that you would use our people. God, that you would put our people around those people. God, give us the words. God, we love you. We can't thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.